Welcome to the latest episode of Schneps Connects. This is Josh Schneps. Today we have on the show Vijay Dandapani, a hotel industry veteran who's president and CEO of the Hotel Association of New York City. Vijay co-founded Apple Core Hotels, which was an owner-operator boutique hotels in Manhattan in 1993. And as part of a New York's response to the COVID crisis, he has been appointed by Mayor de Blasio to the COVID-19 Arts, Culture, and Tourism Sector Advisory Council. Vijay was also appointed by Governor Cuomo to the New York Forward Advisory Board, tasked with guiding the state's reopening strategy in the aftermath of COVID-19 crisis. Established in 1878, the Hotel Association of New York City is one of the oldest professional trade associations in the nation. Today, the association is internationally recognized leader in New York City's $5 billion tourism industry with nearly 300 hotel members and 80,000 rooms. They serve as the voice of the hotel industry, supporting its members with the highest standard of services and best available resources. Vijay has a master's degree from Cornell University's School of Hotel Administration, and I'm thrilled to have you with us today. Thanks so much, Vijay. Thank you very much, Josh, for that generous introduction and all yours. <laughs> so I think anyone that's a New York City resident or a tourist knows how important the hotels are to the stay in New York City, but really the overall economy of New York City. So if you don't mind, why don't you just start off telling us a little bit about the association and, and your role? Sure, the association advocates for the hotel industry in a range of areas, legislative being the most obvious, but also regulations, uh, interface with civic stakeholders, including the NYPD, the fire department, as well as you know others who are tourist stakeholders, tourism stakeholders, such as the destination marketing organization, the various business uh, groups like the BIDS, business improvement districts. And so we are part of this mosaic and Broadway, how can I forget? Broadway. And so we work with all of them because it's a completely symbiotic relationship where all of us benefit. And most importantly, the city and its residents benefit from the tax dollars that come from our industry. So the association is there to underscore the number of workers who were employed pre-pandemic, and we certainly hope that'll come back sooner than we uh, than later and so we are there to inform people that these are we are the waft and the web weft of this uh, of this fabric of the city and uh, we uh, tourists are actually a net net positive for everybody even those who sometimes are inconvenienced by tourism traffic if you recall in the pre-pandemic days it was busy in parts of the city but they hugely uh, contribute to the welfare of the city including it's all its welfare programs yes no absolutely talk a little bit about um the number of hotel rooms under construction because i really feel like new york city had a boom you know with the construction of new hotels and new hotel rooms um, and according to some recent data, there's still um, over 20,000 hotel rooms under construction. So can you give a little bit of background maybe on the growth and what you see in terms of uh, the future for the hotel industry? Sure. I mean, first, let's bear in mind that hotels are not something that happen overnight. It takes a lot of planning, a lot of uh, entrepreneurship, a lot of uh, the right set of circumstances with regard to financing. 
and the overall economic climate. So anything that you see today that you were right about 20,000, it's more like 24,000 rooms that are coming online. Those all were germinated at least two and a half to three years ago and possibly even more, uh, even longer because it just takes that time for businesses to line up the financing, like I just said, get the uh, various other hurdles through and then you get on to drawing your permit and construction and so forth. So, and a greenfield project, which is a brand new project from the ground up, typically takes a minimum of two years, sometimes three, even four years, depending on the nature of the project. So these hotel rooms that are coming online were obviously predicated on an upward trajectory that we all saw till the COVID crisis hit us in March last year. Mm-hmm. And they're coming on nevertheless, because once you start it, it's almost impossible to stop it because these are purpose-built structures that have only one specific use, which is uh, tourism, whether it's corporate or, uh, you know, just plain tourists. So uh, it's, uh, it, it is something that the city has at this point certainly has got a lot in excess in terms of supply. Um, but it's, you know, there's a lot of resiliency that we will see as time goes, uh, comes by. And you're going to see that this will be taken up over time. Uh, and I mean a considerable amount of time as we come back. But that's just what you're seeing with regard to the rooms that are coming on right now. So we're really just at the beginning of the recovery, economically speaking, tourism speaking. What would you say is the current state of the hotel market uh, now? And, and really, how are you taking on some of the biggest challenges? Well, let me just step back a second to answer that question to March of last year. Uh, So 19 was actually, 2019 that is, was actually modestly lower than the previous year. So out of the great recession of 2008, the best years that my industry had were 2012, 2013, and 15. And it's a cyclical business, very cyclical, I might add, and hugely affected by the macroeconomic environment. So, but by 19, we were uh, at a level of roughly 90% and occupancy and rates that were well over $100 higher than what we are seeing today. The key point in our industry, which is radically different from another industry that we cohabit with in terms of classification as commercial real estate, is office buildings. Office buildings, as we all know, have long leases, a minimum of you know, five years and 10 and even longer than that. Uh, almost no office building will give you a one-year lease. So we, on the other hand, our leases are 24 hours. And so when the pandemic hit us and the borders were closed, our leases went out of the window. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, instead of 90% occupancy, we saw ourselves with 12, 14% occupancy in the end of March and most of April last year, because there was nobody coming into the city, nobody could come into the city. At that point, uh, estimated to be of three, five, six month prices, many in my industry were saying, by September, we should be back on an upward trajectory, if not close to where we were, in the direction of where we were. That, of course, didn't happen. As we know, we all would like to forget this year. Unfortunately, you cannot, I'm referring to last year. And so uh, it soon became a um, extensive and deep-rooted liquidity crisis for the city's hotels. Um, And in some instances, and in more so we'll see even as the year progresses, uh, uh, this liquidity crisis is becoming a solvency crisis because some of the fixed costs remain. Real property taxes have really not come down in any meaningful sense, which is a big nut for us in the industry. It was typically 13 to 15% of our top line pre-COVID numbers, and it declined by about 20% in terms of the assessed values for this year, but nowhere 
uh, enough to cover the huge shortfall that we have in top line revenue. So the industry was at, and, and still remains in a fairly deep state of crisis because of these various factors, excess supply, lack of demand, and you know, fixed costs being there. So all three uh, really had created a perfect storm for some, and it has resulted in some hotels taking and uh, being closed. What are some of the creative things that you've seen done by the, the hotel owners? Well, <laughs> I, I don't know if you'd call it creative, but certainly one quick thing we did, the association did on behalf of many owners who were willing to do, so was to cater to public responders as well as uh, the people who are in homeless shelters who could not be in the homeless shelters on account of the fact they were all congregate settings, meaning they were all next to each other. So we moved, or rather the city moved many of them to hotels and we in the association actually handled that contract with the city and still do. It's a FEMA contract, a federal contract with 75% of the money coming from the feds. And so we did the administrative work as well as the monetary handling of the money, so to speak, essentially pro bono, by the way, because that's what we do. We look after the health of the industry. So those that wanted that business, they pivoted to that. Uh, it obviously had some neighborhood effects that are, that are challenging, but I always with the thought in mind that this is uh, this sunsets, right? But with regard to tourism itself, actual tourism, so some of the creative stuff that we saw from ownership groups were staycations, obviously, a couple of hotels pivoted to creating office spaces in their rooms because people got... Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, sort of a cabin fever, if you will, at home. Not everybody has a big enough home. And so more than, I think, two or three hotels did that somewhat successfully. And then, of course, as we moved into 2021 and the governor's quarantine requirement was lifted at the end of April, meaning that at least domestic tourists could come here, uh, the chains certainly could offer points, extra points for staying in New York that you could go and use somewhere else in, in a resort or some other city even. So those are some of the creative things we saw. Or beyond that, even packaging things with, you know, food deal perhaps with a restaurant and, and so forth. So stay, or more typically you saw stay three nights and one night was on us. So that's a fairly big deal, obviously. If you're sort of spending 100 bucks, you're spending 66. So those, those are the creative things we saw. And the, the city, I guess, suspended a occupancy tax for a period of time. So do you see that um, as being helpful and, and whether or not that will be extended? Well, I think it was definitely helpful. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, a customer sees uh, that number 5.85% not there in their bill. So if your bill was 100 bucks, you'd pay another $5.85 for this. Uh, and in a three-day stay, that adds up uh, pretty clearly if the bill is 200 bucks per night. So uh, yes, it was helpful. We dearly and desperately wanted to go through the rest of the year because only now are we seeing occupancies move up. For the first three months, June, July, and August, it, by the way, that ends at the end of August, which is coming up, the occupancy levels were, uh, were not there, certainly in June and July. And so now while we have 63% occupancy, it's somewhat meaningful. It'll be even more meaningful as we move into September, October, November, December, because we anticipate occupancies rising enough that you know customers will see the benefit from it. So we strongly are pushing the administration to extend that the, and we think it'll benefit the city as more people come in using that as a basis to spend money in the city that obviously is tax dollars for the city. Yeah, that's good for people to know that when they stay at the hotel, it's costing them less because of that tax break currently through August 31st, correct? 
Correct. What else do you think the city and state and federal government can do to support the hotel industry? Because it really is the linchpin, particularly of Manhattan, as well as, uh, you know, Queens has a lot of hotels because of the airports. Well, I think the two biggest things they can do, uh, Josh, is obviously, the you know, any level of crime. Uh, it's all perception is reality, as we know. So unfortunately, we've seen some incidents rise and uh, nothing extraordinary, but certainly it has risen in a meaningful way as perceptions go. And so we need to tamp that down quickly. The other area that's almost as important, if not more so for my industry is cleanliness. So, you know, we had during the pandemic several months when sanitation just didn't have the resources. And so they didn't do city cleaning, street cleaning as much. It didn't matter so much last year because Midtown Manhattan, where I'm sitting right now, wore a desolate look, almost like somebody neutron bombed the city and there was no human being in sight. But it matters now. So when you're coming here and you see trash on the streets and you know garbage not being cleared, it's hugely important for a tourist. Uh, it's a major city and we really think that's uh, hugely an issue that should be taken up quickly. Interesting to hear how those community-based issues are so important to the business community as well. There's still a lot of international travel restrictions, and I assume that a lot of the hotels are focused on domestic travel and travel even within the city, within the tri-state area. How long do you think some of those restrictions will continue, and you know, how can we encourage more domestic tourism to New York City? Well, I mean, so let me answer your first question. International travel is essentially shut out. I mean, our biggest sources of international travel was the United Kingdom, followed by China and Canada. And then, of course, Brazil. Um, these were the four big boys, if you will, or girls, uh, that mattered to us. All markets from those four countries are shut out for each for different reasons. And But we think there's a, there's been a lot of push. For, this is outside what I do, but we certainly follow what the national organizations that are pushing this uh, uh, Roger Dow, who heads up, uh, I think his organization's uh, USDA, they actually advocate for tourism's uh, inflow over here, and they've been pushing the Biden administration to open the borders, particularly with citizens who have got vaccinations or uh, vaccination uh, certificates or whatever to prove that they are not COVID carriers when they come here. As, as you know, Americans can now go to Europe, uh, and you can even go to the UK, but vice versa is not possible. So we're pushing for that and we think it'll happen sooner than later. Obviously the Delta variant is very troubling. Uh, but to answer your other question, another part of that question, which is what can we do more for domestic? I think really the two points that I emphasized earlier, because people want to feel safe, they want to come to a clean city, that message has to be amplified as loudly and big letters as possible. And I think that'll encourage people to come in to let them know the city is open. And the city is open. There are lots of restaurants that are open. Broadway is opening on September 1st. Museums are already open. So, and Central Park has always been open. So I think we need to encourage that. And certainly NYC and companies doing their part over there. But all of our stakeholders are pushing that to say that this is a great city. It always will be, always has been, and will continue to be so. You know, we're in the midst of the summer now, but, uh, you know, for me, I feel that the fall season will be a huge indicator for New York City in general. Do you feel the same way in terms of your industry? Well, absolutely. It's a, it's a huge uh, bellwether, if you will, uh, of what's to come. And so in that regard, there's one encouraging sign, which is the United States tennis tournament is going to be in person, 100% of it, no limited viewing, viewing as was true of the other tennis tournaments. It, by the way, is the biggest 
tennis tournament in the world. And far and away, it is the biggest sporting event for the hotel industry, uh, certainly in New York and arguably elsewhere as well. Why? Because it's a 14-day actual event preceded by several days before and after and where you got people coming from around the world. We certainly expect, not hope, that international travelers will come by that time. It's at the end of August is when it starts. So that's a massive, massive, cannot be overstated, a positive sign. Uh, a less, unfortunately, a less positive sign is we were hoping that the UN, UN General Assembly, which is an equally big uh, you know, harbinger of what's to come for the rest of the year, is largely virtual. Some a few odd countries have said they're going to be coming here. And the problem arises because many countries in Africa, which are big participants over here, simply don't have vaccinations. And so their delegates will have to quarantine. So they've really deferred that on to their ambassadors and other consular staff to represent them over here. So that's uh, that's a bit of a negative. A few people are coming, but not nearly enough. Typically 10,000 people come. It's a 15 to $20 million room revenue event for us guys over here. And that's not going to be there at all. And 10% of that at most. Interesting. Yeah, you know, it, it goes to show how we really have to think globally to, to really support our city. Excellent point, Josh. I mean, look, uh, we cannot sit here, we're doing well, uh, knock on wood, whatever the expression. But remember what I just said, Africa is largely and not entirely unvaccinated. And that's true of the Far East as well, Indonesia, and all these other countries, which are social business. And did I leave out South America? God, that's huge. I mean, you got massive problems in Chile, Peru. Chile is largely vaccinated, but they got the wrong vaccine, apparently, the Sinovac vaccine, which apparently has not been efficient. So all these countries are inbound travel for us. And, you know, so I think uh, we do need to have a global approach when you're looking at this. It's an interconnected world. Yes. Well, I think I'm certainly looking forward to the two big uh, hotel industry drivers, which is the U.S. Open and <laughs> Broadway. You know, I think okay. Broadway opening is almost a signal to the world that we're open for business. Could not overstate that point. Absolutely. Broadway is known the world over the wood. Broadway has such an alluring connotation that, you know, it means entertainment, it means class, it means, uh, you know, something that is peerless in terms of what any other city can offer. Well, Vijay, I really appreciate your time and you sharing, you know, more about the hotel industry and everyone should keep in mind, do yourself a favor, make a staycation and stay yeah. at New York City's hotels. So yeah. thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Make sure to subscribe to Schneps Connects wherever you get your podcasts or stream us online at podcast.schnepsmedia.com.